Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, today I'm so excited to be able to chat with Shelly Grunig and for her to be able to share some of the incredible things that she's doing in the state of New Mexico to really help more kids and educators have resources they need, to, especially to look at careers and, and just taking that STEM that we're talking about maybe in our classrooms and, and push it to new levels. She's done a lot of things with robotics. Uh, she has a PhD in workforce education. So welcome to the show today, Shelly. Thanks so much, Chris. I am so honored to be here. Well, I, I appreciate that, Shelley. Uh, I know a lot of uh, listeners to the show have had the opportunity to be on the show, and, and Shelley said she binged uh, listening to a bunch of episodes while doing some home remodeling projects, and that's just so much fun to, to think about. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Let's, let's talk about you, Shelley. Uh, you, you've, uh, you've got a website called BeGreaterThanAverage.org, and uh, you kind of started that, but but you really started out just as a, as a workforce kind of person. You worked at Levi Strauss and some other places, but it was your kids that kind of drew you into STEM education. Absolutely. So I've always enjoyed STEM, and I think if times were different when I was a little girl, I might have chosen a different path, but I've also always been an educator at heart. So when my husband and I had children, we decided that we would homeschool. And Mm -hmm. that sort of led me down this path of, I knew that I wanted my kids to know what they wanted to do with what I call their life launch. And so as we homeschooled, I tried to be very, very intentional about the things that we were doing. And at one point when my son, who's the oldest, was 12, 11, 12, I started looking for robotics competitions and I stumbled across one and I thought, hmm, this looks fun. Yeah. And so that that was back in 2005 and kind of the rest is history. I've been doing this since then. His sisters grew up and probably, you know, really loved the robotics competition as much as I did. It really is a family affair because my husband's very involved in it as well. That's awesome. And we've been really privileged to not just bring home a lot of trophies as 11 times state champions. I was going to say, yeah, all these, all these awards and trophies. Yeah. yeah, You've done a great job. Last year, the students won our first international award. And so it's just been really exciting, but more to the point of back to the career education, what I've seen, it's, it's a gold mine Mm -hmm. of opportunities for students to learn because it's not just about the robots it's about it, it really is an entrepreneurial challenge so it is you mentioned be greater than average that's actually a business that grew out of the students on the team one of them said to me one day you know we pretend to be a company every year and we do so good <laughs> at it we should actually really be a company yeah and i thought well, you know, I'm never one to put down a way to educate kids in a way that they're interested in. So that's why we started Be Greater Than Average. And, and we use these STEM camps as fundraisers for our robotics team for many years. That's awesome. And it's, it's really been an incredible, incredible journey. 
And what that does is that gives those kids those real learning opportunities that aren't just, okay, this is a fake program. This is a, a fake project that we, uh, something contrived in our classroom, but those, those real experiences. Absolutely. And they get to apply it and see it applied both at the competitions, but then throughout, you know, for instance, we just finished up four different winter camps and hmm. three of them were brand new. All of the camps are developed by the students that learn through peer mentoring on the team and then kind of graduate and move into these peer leadership roles. And so we had one camp where we taught kids how to build 3D printers. Mm -hmm. And another camp, two of the camps were for young and older kids learning about rocketry. And it's just, it's a really great way for them to put their hands on and, and get experience. And, and, you know, I think I heard you say in one of your episodes that I binge listened to <laughs> that, <laughs> that um, and have since, you know, download every time you have a new episode, but you shared, you tell your students frequently that they're either going to be working with robots or for them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one, of the, one of the things, because kids will often say, I, I'll just work at Burger King. I'll just work at McDonald's. And I'll be like, no, there's going to be robots doing those jobs. You're going to have to find some sort of job that robots can't do. Yes. Yes. You're going to have to know how to fix the robot and, yeah. and, or how to program the robot or mm -hmm. build it, right? Yeah. In order to... Or, or design it. Uh, we, exactly. Fun, fun story at the end of winter camp, we were at a location, the Albuquerque Balloon Museum, and they brought in a robot, a BB-8 robot from a Star Wars movie that had been donated to them that was actually in the movie. Really? But the robot was not working. And so at 4.30 on Friday, they said, hey, could you guys fix this? And I, it, <laughs> and I thought, well, not today, but yeah. So I looked at my students and a couple of them were like, uh, yeah, we want to get inside that BB-8 and see what that is all about. Right. I know. I just want to touch it. You know, like I know, this, is, exactly. this is real. So yeah, we had been taking pictures with it all week because it was just sitting in a corner broken, but I'm happy to report that BB-8 has been revived by, wow. by the students in my program and yeah. we'll be taking him out to some of our outreaches that we do. That is, that is incredible. Wow. So, all, and, and again, all these kinds of opportunities opened up for you, Shelly, just because, you know, like, like we talk about as educators, just stepping out and trying something, um, trying something with our kids. And, 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 and when we try something as, as adults and educators, our students learn a lot from that too, because we can go back to them and say, I was willing to step out. I was willing to try something new. What can you do? Absolutely. It's, it's, one of the things that I think is so important, and I tell teachers this all the time, for some reason over the years, we've, we've decided that as a teacher, we have to be the expert in the room. But the reality mm. is building a championship robotics program, I did it because I'm not the expert in the room. Yeah. I often will tell my students, I have no idea what the answer is to that, but <laughs> I can either contact someone. In fact, today I was on the phone with a scientist that does research on Mars because we're trying to solve a Mars problem for the latest NASA robotics competition. That's cool. And, you know, it's just opening doors of opportunity. Yeah. And because teachers don't have to be that expert, then the kids realize that they can become the expert. And, and that's when then we can really empower those kids. And Shelly, just like what you're able to do, um, having these kids starting these programs, starting 
a small business. And, and then uh, the opportunity for them to be teaching others is so uh, impactful. It really makes that learning come alive for kids. It absolutely does. It's so powerful and it's so wonderful to watch and, and see it happening and unfolding and for them to just really be discovering themselves and understanding what they want to do with their future. I, th right. I think it's a really great way to lead them up to launching from our education system, right? That they, right. they are pretty confident, you know, it's not that they've just seen what a teacher does or what a what a mechanical engineer does, but they've actually experienced it and they have something to tell others about and share their story and their experiences when they go for job interviews, when they yeah. go for scholarship interviews, you know, it's, it's really valuable. And, and I just want to encourage teachers. If I know that if I could do it, I'm certain that you can too. Yeah. yeah. And, and so if you don't have competitive robotics currently at your school, I would really encourage you to to take a look at the opportunities that are out there and and allow your students that experience. And even if you're not the one that starts it, if you start talking it up with some other teachers, finding that person that that maybe feels a lot more confident with with actually building a robot, but like you said Shelly, there were things that you didn't know and so you just you just say, let's figure it out. Let's ask somebody, let's let's find those resources. And I know we talked about robotics already and robots becoming these jobs of the future and things like that, but there's so many other things that that kind of grow out of those peripherally, you know, like especially when we start talking about careers and that's a big focus of yours. Uh, again, we're chatting with Shelly Grunig and again, you can find her and more information at begreaterthanaverage.org. Uh, but helping kids think about careers and, and there's so many things that don't just involve, here's the robot, let's take it apart and put it back together. Absolutely. So I think students are most surprised when they kind of, their, their parent maybe signs them up for one of our robotics camps and they mm -hmm. show up and they learn that it's not just about the robot, right? So our team, in fact, our team just finished submitting a, creating and submitting a video that's part of a, a competition that shows all of the outreach that they've done in the past year. So we, there are students on our team that are artists. There are students that definitely, you know, have an in engineering, engineering gift. There are yeah. students that, that love to write. There are students that don't love it, but learn to love public speaking. And so all of those skills can be incorporated into a curriculum or a team or a program, whether it's competitive robotics or, or something else. I know that there's a lot of other opportunities, but mm -hmm. I'm with you. It doesn't have to be that teacher. Although I will say that if anybody needs help discerning and deciding what it is that they need to do for their community or their school, I would mm -hmm. love to, I'm just a phone call away. Yeah. And, and I, I do that all the time. We help, we help schools and teachers decide and then develop programs that, that fit the needs of their schools because there's and a lot of choices out there. Exactly. There's, there's so many different robotics programs and kits and, and things. And I think a lot of teachers get overwhelmed, almost, almost like um, paralyzed. Like, how do I choose this or that? And then once you've chose something, well, do I need to buy everything on that list and everything that they recommend? Um, you've got some resources uh, that you've been putting out that they're going to help 
some teachers maybe answer some of those questions. Right. So we have a great robotics program spreadsheet that's going to show you kind of the benefits and the challenges of different programs that are out there. And so that you don't have to be alone and suffer from what I call analysis paralysis, where, yeah, that's... where you just don't know what to do or worse yet. You know, I've been at some of these conferences with teachers or I've talked to teachers where they've been to a conference and someone told them that their product was the end-all be-all and so they spent a lot of money on it and found out that it wasn't the best fit yeah and you know the reality is you don't have to spend a whole lot of money to get started there are ways to do it without spending a lot of money mm-hmm. um, I'm you know we started our robotics team in our family garage and are still building championship robots out of that family garage 15 years later yeah. so you, well you I I know one thing that you said, Shelly, on, on something that I read about you is that you, uh, even though you have all this training and careers in STEM and technology and stuff, you literally grew up in your daddy's garage. Yes. Yes. And, and I, I do like a power tool. I will say that. But I think everyone should know how to use power tools. Yeah. And, and I think more and more kids, uh, really, especially in those home environments, you know, I mean, parents can be at all different levels of engagement with their kids. But the more that we can help some of those parents have some ideas and resources to engage with their kids on any type of STEM level, whether that's using some power tools, whether that's fixing something because it stopped working in the house, or even if you can't put it back together, at least you tried taking it apart and you did something with your kids. Yes, absolutely. I will just say one little safety thing because safety is always on my mind when I work with kids is yeah. please unplug it first. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, I think that that's it, helping young people just really develop an expertise and helping them, you know, find their people and their place within, mm-hmm. within an organization like that. You know, there's a lot of talk about getting prepared for college, but not every student is going to need or want to go to college. And so I think that through robotics programs, students can really find their niche and and then get some real world of experience. And I've seen it work over and over and over again. And I could just share so many testimonies with you about about students that have have made it's made a difference in their lives you know yeah. the one student who comes to me flunking out of school and five years later when he graduates this from this program not only are his grades fantastic but now he's doing an internship getting paid thirty dollars an hour to use a software that he used to build robots in and that's exactly how we learned how to do it right yeah yeah and and, and actually a, a lot of some of these stories uh, i haven't I haven't mentioned it yet Shelley also does a podcast together with her husband it's called the stem southwest uh, they not only tell some stories some of the great stories of, of kids who have, have done amazing things through their program but also they interview some incredible people in those stem fields like real people doing real stuff, real STEM careers. And, and I just want to tell everybody that they should check out that STEM Southwest podcast because it's a, a great resource to learn, again, some more ideas, especially a career focus. That's something yeah. we need to push a little bit more now, now that we've got everybody thinking about STEM. Absolutely. We, we're, we're, we're really good at introducing the idea of STEM right now, right? And our yeah. schools and our teachers and our communities, our PTAs, PTOs, they're all really good. They know that STEM is important. But then I guess my big question and the next thing to push is, 
let's let's make that link for our students so that they can launch their life and let's let them see things because you can't be it if you don't see it and mm. so whether you're listening to stem southwest podcast or stem everyday podcast you know just really getting the opportunity to experience it and and connect that experience with their future yeah and i know um, on one of the podcasts that i listened uh, of the STEM Southwest podcast. I'll give it one more plug there. Uh, you talked about careers as having like four levels. Level one, that intro exploration. Level two, experiences and learning. Level three, application and practice. And then level four, launch. Um, just kind of run us through those kind of real quickly just as a way to maybe help some teachers get their kids thinking about careers. Sure. Well, I think that you look at experiences and introducing things at, at these different levels. And, and for us, a lot of times, a lot of schools are going to be having STEM fairs or, mm -hmm. or career days for parents. And those are really great opportunities, especially when our kids are young, to get their hands on some, some science, get messy, right? Mm -hmm. And experiment with things. But then to start putting words to those experiences like what is this you know what is a hypothesis what is your hypothesis and and just getting them thinking that way and then and then as the student gets older to start looking for experiences that can build on their natural giftedness right and mm -hmm. and so that might be sending them to a camp or it might be enrolling them in in some after school enrichment program mm -hmm. and or or even talking to them about how soccer practice you know let's talk about the the math involved in soccer right mm -hmm. and uh, and and then it it goes on to now let's put them in a position of leadership and allow them to start leading those things getting involved then leading them and then really starting to connect that with their future and looking at their life launch and and how that's going to build their future what do they want their future to look like and how can they support that that dream that they have by really getting prepared no matter how they need to be prepared for that and and kind of introducing that as as those four different levels of as they're progressing through their life launch right right none of us want our kids to be like uh, some of those old TV shows that are out there, kids living in the basement with, with what I call failure to launch, right? Yes. We don't want failure to launch. We no. want these kids to, to find out, ooh, I thought, you know, just this week, I had a student of mine who was sure she wanted to be an aeronautical engineer actually change her mind because of something a connection that I had made with her and for her. And she did some work with some aeronautical engineers. And she said, you know what? It moves too slow for me. That's not <laughs> what I want to do. Yeah. And but if, so we, we need to do that. We need yeah. to create those links. And we can't just wait for someone else to do it. We can't just say, uh, when they get to high school, they'll take some CTE classes or some elective classes. I mean, those are great. Those are, those are, perfect for especially in that that still k-12 atmosphere to to try out some of those things but again those are still just tryouts that's part of that intro and exploration and experiences and learning those first two levels there of your of your four levels kind of things but um definitely once we get them uh, to think about and even understand what some of those words mean like like you guys have a uh, an engineering design process song and dance yeah. 
Yes, <laughs> sing and dance. I, we always say to students, like, who knew that scientists could sing and dance? But yes, we, we realized that, you know, the engineering design process is an important thing to teach. And when you're going to teach it in a classroom environment or in a camp environment. Yay, let's learn about the engineering design process. Exactly. So we call it the ICE process. And actually, there's, there's a link out there. Anyone can download and use it in their classroom. I would love for you to share on our, you know, on our social media, maybe pictures that you've taken or a video of your class doing the ICE dance that will help impact them. And, and I know it does because we've been using it in our camps for quite a few years. The, the yeah. music is actually all original. The, the lyrics are all, all of it's produced by the students in our program. That's awesome. And uh, I had a parent call me and say, hey, could I get a copy of that? Could I buy a copy of that? Because my, my, my six-year-old has been running around singing this song and I'm trying to actually... <laughs> So I'm like, oh, cool. It's it's actually working. But, you know, the high schoolers are maybe a little resistant to it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. but then but if, I, we, we use lots of ways to motivate them to to learn that those steps, investigating, innovating, you know, collaborating, create and um, evaluate. And and those are all can be applied to every decision that they make in life. Right. It's not just the engineering design process. Yeah, it's exactly. a life design process. Really. Right. So we'll make sure, Shelly, that we have, we have that link in the show notes to this podcast as well for everybody if they want to, because uh, they want to sing along and um, yes. get their, get their kids singing and, and dancing. So um, <laughs> some other great resources, you know, parents, we've, we've talked a lot about how this all grew out of, uh, Shelly, you being a parent, wanting to just do incredible things with your kids, help your kids find their passions, which every educator wants, every parent really does want, uh, but sometimes parents are some of that, you know, analysis paralysis too. They're, they're not quite sure. How do I start? Where do I start? Um, what are right. some ideas? Yeah, well, I think there's so many different ideas out there. And I think that, I think that just developing a lifestyle of learning and being inquisitive yourself mm -hmm. is, is really important. So things like whether you're checking out books from the library, there's so many great books. And I know you've had a lot of guests that talk about books that they've written for, mm -hmm. for students, but that's kind of where we started was at the library, at the local library. But I would also encourage folks to go to a robotics competition and, and watch it, get involved. I think that you're going to be amazed. Yeah. And you're going to go and ask questions of the different teams. They're going to be happy to show you everything that they're doing. I, I love competitive yeah. robotics for that reason, right? We're all it's, there nerding out. People are like, oh my gosh, did you see that? How incredible is it, right? Yeah, so it's, whether it's, it's just getting out in the community, so many STEM fairs, I'm sure. I mean, here in New Mexico, we just, there's so many of them. Yeah. And I'm, I know across the country, there's big and little STEM fairs that are out there. And I just want to tell parents, like, don't be afraid to get messy. Like, let's just, just yeah. get involved. Your kids are going to love it. If, yeah. And if, and if you don't try something together with your kids or, or even worse, if you take your kid to something and then stand and stare at your phone the whole time while your kid is uh, there, yes. don't, please don't. Uh, I know all the educators listening to this episode would not do that, but, but remind the parents <laughs> in your community, um, especially if you have a STEM night at your school, you know, and you see the parents stand up, make sure those parents are diving right in with their kids because that shows a lot to, to our kids as well. 
It absolutely does. And I think that, that you can, you know, there's a, so many great and free resources out there, whether it's mm-hmm. listening to a podcast and having a discussion as you're talking about, as your students get older, I know that yeah. your classroom is filled with high schoolers, right? And right, yeah. they're probably always asking that question, how is math going to be important to me? You know? When are we ever going to use this? <laughs> exactly. Right. And so show that to them and, and be willing to put yourself out there and and try things right mm-hmm. one of the one of the ways that my husband and i have motivated not only our own kids but the kids on our team is to be willing to be silly so for instance one year <laughs> one year bob challenged the team if they did if they met a certain goal that he would dress at competition in a tutu oh and um, you can bet they worked really hard to see him, uh, my straight-laced <laughs> attorney husband, in a tutu. But uh, we just recently had another parent who offered to take the kids skydiving if they if they uh, wow. And so we went indoor skydiving here recently because yeah. of that. She said, "Oh, I opened my big mouth." But <laughs> I would just say, just be willing to be fun. You know, yeah. have fun with it. And whether it's books or movies that you're watching, mm-hmm. you know, um, so many great movies and documentaries out there, but I'm with you. Put the phone away and actually build some quality time. Go out and make something. You know, yeah. our family has a tradition at Christmas. On Thanksgiving, we draw names and on Christmas, you have to give somebody on that, on that, whoever you drew, you have to give them a homemade gift. Yeah. And uh, that's been really powerful. Yeah. And some of the homemade gifts, let's, well, we won't talk about, we won't shame anyone <laughs> in my family, but some of them, the Santa shaker and some glued popsicle sticks. Uh, but others have been like amazing, yeah, amazing gifts that, and, and so help kids to make things, you know, mm-hmm. physically building things. Yep. Whether, whether it's, it's a robot or whether it's stuff made out of, you know, anything that you can find in your house. It, it's all important. It's, you know? You're still learning skills and, and ideas. And, and again, you're learning about the engineering design process and yes. other, other things. Yes. We want our kids to have those skills. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Shelly, we've talked a lot about uh, things that we're, we're trying to do right now, things, ways that educators can be adding STEM to their classrooms and in their communities. Um, what do you hope to see as because I know you're working in towards this goal of what is, what do you hope is the future of STEM education? Well, I hope that we find it more and more and that there are more and more opportunities for students because of it, Mm -hmm. whether you're STEM, your steam, you know, Mm -hmm. your STEM H, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think that the reality is that we've we've gotten this in front of people. Most people know that STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Now let's let's see how we can use that in a way that's you know in our country we have a really big shortage of STEM professionals. Right. And we're in crisis mode. We truly, truly are. And so we need to help start making those linkages and use the momentum that we're building in our classrooms to help those those students become amazing entrepreneurs amazing employees of of stem organizations so that we can assure that our country just continues to grow Mm -hmm. and i would encourage the teachers out there listening 
to get involved in legislature and to not be afraid to show off the incredible things that your students are doing exactly. to your community. You know, I, for the last year and a half, I've actually hosted a segment every other Friday morning on our local CBS station featuring different kids and cool things they're doing in STEM, mostly wow. because I showed up one day there with some of my students and a robot and the producer said, oh, I'd love to have you on here regular. And I was like, well, okay, let's do it, right? I think we can. Exactly. So we show up with robots, with science fair projects, with whatever it is, and kids get their, their three minutes of fame. But more importantly, STEM in my community gets stronger. And um, so, so go, go let your voices be heard. And currently I'm working with legislators in my community. I never in a hundred thousand years would have told them that. <laughs> but like, like I think I've shared with you, like my passion for seeing more opportunities for more kids in my state. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, New Mexico is not known as the educational uh, pinnacle. Right, okay. And so... And so this is my little part of making things better here in the state that I live in. That's awesome. So on behalf of, of teachers, uh, not just in New Mexico, but everywhere, um, thank you, Shelly, for, for the things that you are doing. Again, to help take STEM to these next levels uh, beyond just let's make something out of, out of popsicle sticks and glue. Um, mm. um, so you know the question is coming because I ask everybody. Uh, Shelly, if you could have somebody from STEM, past or present, and, and I want to ask it this way. You do a lot of STEM camps and stuff. If you could have somebody come to your STEM camp and talk to those kids that are there, uh, who would it be to just inspire them? Uh, okay, well, there's a little bit of a toss-up here, but I'm going to go with someone who listeners might not think of as a STEM person, but I do, Yeah. and that is Sir Richard Branson. All right. And yep. the reason I, I, first of all, he just really is motivational to me. He has, he has a, a book that I read called Finding My Virginity, which really has nothing to do with the thing you think it has to do right, with. Right, right. It yep. has to do with his company, Virgin, yep. right? Virgin Galactic, Virgin Airlines, Virgin, you name it. He's, he's disrupted some kind of entrepreneurial angle and uh, whether it's him or or other folks doing amazing things he has seen the beauty in the southwest which is why virgin galactic is moving here to spaceport america which they've yeah. actually done and so amazing we've done several interviews on our podcast with those folks down there and just bringing really really highlighting the the beauty and the stem that's happening here in in the state that i live in most people don't think of new mexico in fact most people when i say i'm from new mexico they ask two questions number one do i speak spanish yeah and number two is that actually north of the border because most people don't know that it's a state but we are one of the <laughs> i know one you of are the states <laughs> I, I knew that, Shelley. Don't worry. I'm glad you knew that, Chris. I, but, I know, but, I know uh, STEM, but I also know geography, too. So. Yes, good. Good. <laughs> they go together, right? They do. But Richard Branson just has done so many things to really help people break out of thinking inside this little box. And that's what I love and would appreciate yeah. having him share with the students at, at the camps that I go to or that I host because, you know, kids have such a great way of coming up with some groundbreaking ideas. They do. They're so and, creative. Right? 
Yeah. And, and just allowing, allowing that to come out. And I think that would be amazing. And, and so many times it's our job as teachers to make sure that they don't just quote unquote grow out of that, that curiousness, that, that creativity, that, that playful spirit that they have when they're kids and, and anything can, uh, can happen when they start pretending. So we need, we need more of that. And, and yeah, yeah, people like Richard Branson do a really good job of that. So anybody out there listening either knows Richard Branson or Richard, if you're listening, um, <laughs> I'll even call you Sir Richard here. Um, definitely, definitely reach out through a begreatherthanaverage.org and talk to Shelly. Um, any other last thoughts for us today? Well, I think that I just want to share that I am kind of on a venture to start a nonprofit called R4 Creating. Um, R, the number four, and the word creating.org. And that really is to help provide more support for teachers because I just really have a heart for teachers and educators knowing that so oftentimes they're asked to do things when I, when I'm sitting here telling them suggesting that they start a competitive robotics team I know what that means I know that comes at personal and family sacrifice generally yeah. yep. and I know that not all of them have the resources to be able to do that and so that's kind of the goal of my new nonprofit is to really start reaching out to more educators and helping them figure that out. And um, because they really are the most important STEM professional in a student's life, they will determine yeah. the trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I guess I just want to share that my thanks and my gratitude to, to the educators that are out there and, yeah. and to people like you, Chris, that are highlighting important STEM things that happen every day that, that uh, we have the opportunity to learn from. We do. And again, uh, that's, that's exactly why I do this show, Shelly. Uh, you, you hit it right on the head there just to, to help provide and help connect more people with the, the STEM people are, that are doing things that have the ideas and the resources. And again, check out r4creating.org and, and there's a link right at the top, STEM resources, and there's some stuff on there already and I'm sure there's gonna be more as, as time goes on. Um, Shelly Grunig, it was, it was great having you on the, the STEM Everyday podcast today. I, I wish you all the best as, as you keep on doing those incredible things uh, all throughout the Southwest and, and worldwide. Yes. Thank you. That, that's, uh, that is our goal to that's make awesome. a difference in the life of every kid. Yeah. And once those kids, they grow up and, and, and actually even right now when they're not even grown up, they're still making an impact in the lives of other kids around them. What an incredible thing that you're doing. Thank you for that, Shelly. Um, and if you want to find out more information about Shelly at begreaterthanaverage.org. And of course, all these links will be in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. And if you leave a review, that helps more educators to find it. So if you're listening to some of these episodes while you're doing family uh, home remodeling projects, just like Shelly did, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always happy to help. Uh, reach out through dailystem.com or on daily stem on twitter and we'll talk to you again next time